My guest today is Q Paulson, the best damn human and musician I know. I consider Q my musical and life guru. He's worn many hats, from naval cadet to author to hornblower to computer science wizard. We first met as part of the band The Avenue in Los Angeles and have remained close friends and collaborators ever since. Please welcome Q Paulson. Enjoy. Food for thought. Talk about that shirt too, my, my friend Q. That's oh. pretty rocking. I like. I just right. noticed that as we were kind of running the B-roll before, and <laughs> but man, Q and friends—that's the name of the game with right. Joel Penner, Eric Paul, reminisce. Right. Wow, that's a good crew. Uh huh. Impulse, <laughs> Impulse Records. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like that. Exactly. Dang, where is that shot taken? Q up against the in the silhouette as the silhouette against a very against like a a gradient of sunlight to fading orange LA sunset hue on the background. Yeah, I think it was like on the street in black where we were playing. That's pretty radical man uh-huh i like that a lot yeah wow yep you played with me on the street you did man yeah i'm trying to well I don't, did we do maybe once or twice we did once. Ho- we did hollywood boulevard but we also think- we did i want to say we did santa monica too in yeah. west hollywood right yeah yeah exactly it was fun man yeah we did the boardwalk too <laughs> that's Venice. right yeah. Yes. Those are some good times, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, um, what I was thinking of was to get into a food. Yeah. Let's talk. To take it to uh, philosophy. Mm. It's like, uh, are you familiar with Magister Ludi or the bead game? Have you ever read The Bead Game or Magister Ludi? No. Both those titles are of the same book. Okay. Because Magister Ludi was the master of the bead game. What is the bead game? And the bead game was... uh, These intellectual giants Mm -hmm. and philosophers would take they would take two different things like the architecture of a cathedral okay in Rome and a Mozart string quartet and then they would move them uh, like that superimpose fuse so them what i was thinking is if i took the food that is um a uh, an archetype for me mm. and the philosophy of the universe and did that with them you see okay so how like would that. we play the beat game with with this with food and uh, and the origin of the universe hmm you see how would that work Food and the origin of the universe. Right. Well, depends on what you consider the origin of the universe, too, right? Right. Because you could go back, I mean, origin of the universe, well, origin of humanity, for sure. I'm thinking Adam and Eve, the forbidden fruit, uh-huh. the, f- the fruits, and. Uh, okay, that's good. And seeing how fruit, it's interesting. Now you're, it- <laughs> you turn it on. You're starting, to, <laughs> you're starting to do it already. You're playing the bead game. Yeah. Well, the fruits. Fruit as something that ultimately led to the fall of humanity, or like the fall from grace of humanity the of as life. the divine, ultimately losing the divinity by, you know, not following the rules. Right. And where but it was inevitable. But it was inevitable. Right. Because in the beginning, all was all was one. 
Turn it on. It is on. We're talking about the right. <laughs> it is on. Oh yeah, we're rolling. Oh, and so know. and so. Okay, let's start. And so from there, the split. Because everything. So our food is fruit. Right. And an apple. Okay. Is representative of it, but right. an app, it wasn't necessarily an apple. Some people said it was a nectarine or a peach. Sure. Yeah. The the the. the There's the, argument the, as the to what the hell. The type of fruit of the forbidden fruit is unknown. Right. So right away we have an ambiguity here, right? You know, and it, um, and you know, and the first day, mm. it separated the land from the sea, and darkness and light from darkness, light. Yeah, it said, "Let there be light." Yeah. There was only darkness then, and said, "Let there be light." And it's amazing that. Um, so this is before the fruit appeared. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, but once the lightness, once once every once the light came into play. Right. Then the fruit came into play. Yes. Well, the humans came into play as well, beings, creatures. Yeah. Because there was nothing before the light. There's yeah, and so is nothing darkness? That's yeah, the first I, I, question you have to say because sure. in order to have darkness, you have to have light. Right. And if it's prior to light, you don't really have darkness. You have nothing. You else. don't have dark or light. Right. And there we have a really deep question. What a What conundrum. could it look like? Yes. Now, see, the scientists Well, we say, can't visualize that. Right, but from the Big Bang... Which was, you know, 10 to the minus 42nd Planck's Planck length. Sure. Um, 10 to the minus 42nd. Um, uh, centimeters. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really small <laughs> and really hot. Yes. Because it's infinitely hot, infinitely, supposedly infinitely small. Mm -hmm. It was a false vacuum. And from that, it proceeded to expand. Mm. And that's what, and light was created when, when it expanded out enough to have particles... Um, photons interacting and cool down mm -hmm. enough and then Calvin zero degrees Calvin which we can't reach but we can come close to right and what a, is space like three degrees Calvin or something if I remember. Mm -hmm. So it's close to absolute zero. Um, anyhow. So we will just assume that light and was created out of the, you know, and darkness by contrast. And so there's your yin and yang right there. And no food can withstand zero Kelvin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And so the Garden of Eden, mm. well, the Garden of Eden actually existed prior to the universe being created because the Garden of Eden is a symbol of harmony, right? So the gar then the Garden of Eden being after light and darkness, but before... Yeah, it's, it's after light and darkness. I can't remember the order of everything. I but feel like the universe was pretty early on in there. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, well, um, the seven days, you know, the fish, the, the, the fishes and the beasts. The Garden of Eden had the, to have come afterwards because the, you know, on the, the seventh plants, day, man was, cre you know, right. was created. Well, the seventh day, God yeah. rested. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. had the, sixth day. I can't on remember the sixth the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and life was breathed into you know 
from uh, from the clay of the earth. Yeah. Uh, and then woman was created from Adam's rib. Saturday. It was right. the party day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat exactly. the forbidden fruit. Right. You gotta rest on Sunday, on the seventh day. And. But in order to have a universe, you have to have opposing forces. Right. So the serpent in the garden that tempted Eve, mm -hmm. male and female, we got yin and yang here, and the serpent. Um, that is that is going to create that contrast actually you can't have life without the devil okay you can't have human life because you can't you have to have opposing forces that being the snake I'm right exactly yeah so that's the opposition mm-hmm and therefore they have to make up the story of a, of it being a fallen angel because where could anything come from other than from heaven? So from I'm curious God's... what the opposition of the fruit is then. Sorry, I didn't What's mean to the object. Yeah. Because we don't know. Because that's ult that was ultimately... Well, well, there was something promised. It was immor Yeah, it was like divinity, immortality, right? Essentially. Well... Or be, yeah, being being able to stay in the garden. That's what it was. If you ate from the fruit, right, you were expelled from the garden. Right. You were exactly. locked out of the garden. And that's when life began. When they were thrown out of the garden. Because life uh, is so drama. The garden being You have to have the drama, you like see. Kind of right, yes. There has to be opposing forces. Mm -hmm. And... And it's always like in the garden, everything is provided for you. And so you don't have to work. Mm. You can just go and pull some fruit off of a tree. Yeah. So that's the first food. From food, from fruit all the way. And now, man. Yeah. Think of all the different iterations we've had until then. But it's the tree of knowledge. Yeah. You see? And so how's it the knowledge is the lie, you see? The dualism. Because that creates dualism. Mm. And until you can create the Tao, until you can have opposing forces. There's the repel, the repelling force and the attracting force, okay? Until you have that, you can't have time and you can't have space because mm -hmm. time and space come into, um, come into existence at the same time. Yes. From the, growing from the um, seeds of the Tao that's why it's it is in the beginning there was one and the one beget two and the two beget three so where does the duality then of of food come into play there I'm thinking of maybe sustenance and nourishment or you know survival versus existence versus oblivion uh, death whatever you want to call it you know and food being the the force maybe in between the two. That which can give life, or ultimately I guess that which right. can lead to death or oblivion. In the uh in the garden they didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says man shall live by the sweat of his brow at that point. So they weren't sweating in the garden because everything was provided for them. Right. But this was all a setup in order to create the yeah, drama exactly. of life which 
on Earth as we see it now. Yep. Okay. The inevitability. Right. And so there's always all this contrast, and there's the contrast within. Now, everything that exists mm -hmm. is God. Because if God, or that which is, we could call it that. You don't have to call it God. Say that. That unknown whatever mm -hmm. from which everything came. Whatever existed before the Big Bang that created all the dualism from that, creating time and space, distance, time, etc. Um, everything that exists is of God, right? Is of whatever force that is that started it. Because if anything exists that wasn't of that force, mm -hmm. of that primary force, how could it exist? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. How could it exist? Because if nothing else exists other than that, that which is, the that, right, with a capital T, mm. then where did, where did that other thing come from? Right? Sure. So it's that yeah, it's it's that it's the constant precedence, the chicken versus the egg, or you know, or, or what yeah, what right. there has to be the the equal opposition to that to uh -huh. the to the one, to the, the unity item. Right. And it's whether you believe that something so, that there was always or if there ever was a precedent or if things just ultimately came to be out of nothing, you know, at some point. Right. And so no matter how um, ignorant human beings are and misguided and confused and uh, limited in their knowledge and vision, they are ultimately of that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. principle. Now, we could say as the materialists would say well they would probably agree with all this stuff as long as as long as you don't talk about that right which started the whole thing they go well okay everything evolved over uh, you know close to 14 billion years and now we're sitting around talking about it um, and they would agree that we're all the same stuff. We're star stuff. The the nuclear explosions that occur inside stars, mm. suns, that create the larger elements that collect into planets that, you know, have an atmosphere and through a few billion years uh, evolve humans mm. up to the human level of where you you quit acting through instinct and start rationalizing what's going on and deciding what's happening and thinking about it and discussing it mm -hmm. uh, that it's all an illusion um or, but the, then we get to consciousness. And is consciousness an emergent property? Like Harris, uh, the, the neuroscientist, mm -hmm. uh, says, yes, it's an emergent property, and there's no free will. The very fact that you and I are sitting here talking and whoever might be 
ever hearing this in the future right. is hearing it, it was inevitable that they heard it. Yeah. And there's nothing I can say that is original or um, that I could deviate from right. saying what I'm saying. I have to say it because of all the the neural constructs. Yeah, exactly. The cow. Yeah. All, all the all the minute in the hundreds of billions of neurons that yeah, are flashing thing, yeah. right now right. through my muddled brain. Yeah. Um. Or, which others think that consciousness, that that this inability to explain consciousness because mm -hmm. it's the difficult problem, and we're just scratching the surface of it, is that consciousness actually existed, exists in everything, like atoms. Right, I've heard and that. molecules I thought as well, yeah. They have intention. Pretty primitive intention, let's sure. say. And then you get up to, you know, gnats and flies, and they have an intention to procreate and eat and survive as long as they can. Right. And escape get being smashed by us. It's a tough one because the scientists, the ones that think the former would argue that it can't be the case until you can prove that, you know, the smallest particles have intention or what that proof looks like. You right. Know? So. But again, even mapping the states of a, of a, you know, hydrogen atom mm -hmm. is, is beyond our capability. Yeah. You Definitely know? possible. Millions Definitely. and millions just because we can't quantify it. Right. So we have to extrapolate. Mm -hmm. And so um, well, I would say and I, I agree. I, I can't see why uh they would believe in God other than they've had some experience of some sort right. that um, allowed them to see something more. You know? Have you had any experiences that seemed transcendental? They do talk, mm. and, and they also do believe in psychedelic drugs, too. No. Many scientists say, well, yeah, yeah, of course. You can have uh, I've definitely had a lot divine of, visions through drugs. I can't say I've had anything so direct that led me to believe that there is this singular force or existence that is the arbiter of ultimate power over everything else. But I feel like certain occurrences that have happened... synchronicity the the types of connections that i've shared with people like on musical levels for example or or even yeah certain certain experiences through hallucinogenics or or even just states of consciousness and meditation and yoga or just in or just in everyday kind of observations um that at least lead me to to feel as if the summation and aggregation of all these events, though, you know, though they might not all be correlated, can't be purely coincidental. Or the fact that we can even be aware of these microcosms, to me, kind of, I would consider that you know, for me, more of a, I think, it, I think I ultimately boil down to an agnostic thing. Do I believe that that, I believe that there's some, there's something greater at play that we can't quite quantify that I feel I've experienced and connected to. 
I can't say I've had this like singular route divine, you know, intervention like experience that a lot of people, or, you know, or you know, famed people have claimed to have experienced, um, or maybe even certain people on like certain types of hallucinogenic drugs. Um, I don't know if that if that helps or provides any uh, insight. No, that's good. I I feel the honest answer mm. is agnosticism because it says I don't know. Yeah, but I recognize that there are forces like within that. I recognize that there are very strong forces in the universe that are important and that deem and garner respect and put things into perspective or they're humbly they're humbling they're they're powerful in their existence in their beings well let me tell you about a neuroscientist that I I worked with and um, I'm not going to name him because because he's <laughs> he who shall remain unnamed yes <laughs> it was uh, mm. but um, he had certain techniques and machinery that he would put people in mm. that would allow them to experience altered states. Sure. Okay. So one time he was telling about this person, they were talking about what they're seeing and they were saying I'm floating above my body. Mm. He's going, that's pretty far out, right? And he says, I'm floating up. And I'm, I'm now going through the ceiling. All right. Well, this person had had come in from the outside like was not in other words wasn't a, a confidant sure. and and had no understanding of the facilities or anything right it's total control came in right came total in was unknown, was a unbiased, complete yeah. right floated up and said i see a desk and there is a book on the desk and it is open and he started reading words from the book this doctor's office was above this chamber that they were in and this person was literally reading <laughs> wow. the words off no the way. page of the book that he had open on his desk wow that's crazy. And and he's he's died in the wool atheist, okay? And he's going, How the fuck is this happening? You know, and they was just there's just absolutely no way I mean you could say, Okay, yeah, someone it sounds like he was someone in a parallel ran dimension. In, some you know, everybody knew about With it. The and, window into another and dimension. And there were yeah, there were people who who ran up there, looked in the book, yeah. uh, you know, talked through a microphone to the person's ear mm -hmm. read what read the book that was on the desk yeah open no none of that it was that was all controlled for you know and that completely blew his mind I you can know but he and he told me this in confidence too i can't you know i've heard similar and that's why i don't give his name because yeah. i don't want to call you know anything out on that you know, I, I, I will say this about hallucinogenics. I feel that they've, ex like, by dabbling, 
and I feel like this has been validated by many people who have shared, who have partaken and shared in that experience. You see or experience things that are, you know, seemingly only apparent when you've taken the, you know, when you've taken this up, it's kind of like it's a key or gateway to a, another universe or parallel universe, but you can only tap into that universe via this medium. Uh-huh. And I, and I, and I, I definitely feel like this is a similar situation or, and I definitely understand the idea of, and, and I think it's totally possible of, of, of parallel universes and, and, you know, and you know potentially access the the question is access like are can we access or, or cross those universes and, and access the consciousness between them this is clearly an example of that you know, right that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and yeah that's that's what a lot of people say about dmt they they claim that that's really like a gateway into these other universes. That's that what I've heard. I've never times. taken that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. mushrooms. <laughs> yes. But um, no, it's it's very and and yeah, it's it's interesting. I've you you, t- you tend to see this more in in like pop culture recently too, like movies like Interstellar, things like that, where you you have these, you know, I think you you see a lot of parallels in like time space continuum that kind of thing, right. theory of relativity, and that you have these different existences that are relative to their to their context along a, you know a, a dimensional plot yeah and then you know can there be communication between these dimensions that kind of thing or or, cro- or crossover between these these dimensions and right yeah uh, to me that's much more plausible than a lot of like other <laughs> you know universal conjectures or certain th- you know like well my experience is that consciousness and the universe is a distributed system mm-hmm. yeah. there's the uh Buddhists explain it like a net. Mm. They literally, and each each node, node yeah. each knot in the net, is a node, and that relates to the entire net. And the explanation I like best is a diamond. Mm. If the diamond is the ultimate consciousness that existed prior to the Big Bang and each facet on the diamond is a human being, let's say, an an entity of some sort, where does the facet end and the diamond begin? Because you have to say each facet is unique. Right. Each facet reflects yes. a unique point of view, but it's all participating in the same diamond. And what does that imply if that were to be true? It implies that the diamond has the possibility of having completely the, the, the facet on the diamond completely has the possibility of having the nature of the diamond. Because it is part of the diamond. And vice versa, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And that might be why we collectively, the diamond of consciousness became the facets in order to discover what it would be like to be a facet. Right. So 
in both because of them, and each is necessary for the other to exist. Right, and, and we play music. We make music together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like different facets of the diamond partaking of the of the whole the wholeness. Right. A collective of facets gives us what one area of the diamond is is doing simultaneously and sharing. Mm-hmm. Because we all bring our our unique experience, everything that we've had since birth to now is there in our music and what we're playing. And yet we're all playing in some kind of harmony. Hmm. You see? And contrasting. And dissonance, dissonance is just another kind of harmony. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is an altered harmony. And and that's why um, there's really no reason for us to have fights about what the hell's going on, you know, because if you don't like this music... It's a perfect parallel, right? Because it's you can go over and play. All, yeah. You can go to another group of facets right. somewhere and play that kind of music. Right. And if you don't like this religion, you can go and do that religion. Yeah. And it would be pretty boring if there was only one religion and everyone bought into it. Yeah. And this foolishness, because that's why there's never going to be that utopia that everyone's seeking, whether it's socialist or Republican or Democrat. You know, there's always going to be a tension. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that Peterson, um, that's what he recognizes. He recognizes there's order and there's chaos. And, and chaos it, is where the creative comes from. When it, when it, when the chaos and the order come together, chaos discovers new things. And yet, the rules of the music uh, create the harmony mm. and and the the discovery and the the leading tones, the dissonant tones um, are resolved finally at the end of the tune right. Isn't that, does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I was about I was going to take a little bit of a different angle on the order and the chaos and I'm kind of wondering which which of like my thoughts on this this is whether it's order or chaos, but in, isn't this the ultimate fallacy with humanity though and and kind of the that totalitarianism or that divide and that we try to that we tend to we categorize and qualify what is deemed as correct or what is good or what is audible and pleasant versus, you know, or, you know, by a shared agreement or a shared consensus. If, you know, N number of people agree that this is pleasant, but less than N says that it's not, then we go this way. Now, is that a you know part of the rule? You know, is the, does that become the rule, or is that chaos in and of itself? And then how? Yes. And ha- and how are the two related? Are they necessary? Are they important? You know, it's because to me it, it's one of those things again where does it become a an infinite universe of subjectivity, or do there need to be? You know, Go on. And, it, you know, certain rules and constructs. Because to me, at least in music, it, it feels that a lot of these rules and constructs are very set in a more Western set, of, you know, like cultural context as to where... Explain more on that. Well, we tend to yeah, follow diatonic harmony and agree that, like, things within that framework 
are pleasant tonally to the ear, therefore they must be correct or better or more, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, we agree on that as opposed to maybe the the more Eastern kind of microtonal approaches. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't, you know, I guess contextually, again, we wouldn't consider those as pleasant as something that we're more used to or tuned to you know or it doesn't fit our framework potentially so it's different rule sets i guess um that prevent chaos within their own context but outside of those contexts seem to be chaotic potentially as in like the western approach might see eastern approach or, or other or you know atonal approach as chaotic as to where the other context sees that as orderly and sees the western or the to or the diatonic approaches as chaotic I don't right know, maybe maybe i'm just kind of wondering how the two or well, how they all play into each other that way and can order and chaos must exist i i'm not even this far in that but in the book as well I, i'm assuming that there must be order to the chaos there might there order is is a necessity because of chaos potentially order <laughs> is a necessity again like well yeah, one exists be, one has to exist because the other exists <clears throat> yes the yin and the yang again Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the and the middle the middle path. Buddhism right. is the middle path hmm. that walks between order and chaos. Because the great sages are poets. And they say astounding things in new and unusual um, forms and combinations and that creates the scriptures and the myths mm. um, that we build upon mm. and it's like uh The harmony, the harmony, the dissonance, the resolution, that's why I like the kind of music that we play, mm. because we're all adhering to a similar beat whether we're going against the beat or with the beat right it's all relative to and guess. we're we're moving we're moving the progression of the uh, tones and relating to each other that way and that's and finding a new and unusual combination or shape mm. to the to the music mm -hmm. that's where that's what makes it that's what makes it work yeah and yet you know i mean coltrane took it as far as you can take it that's that's why i mean that's why i dig it you know no one no one has taken it that far. <laughs> he took Stretching it all the way. The wire, yeah. I mean, he's the high priest of modern music, mm. you know. He's uh Did Did you ever you you went yeah, to Yeah, I made it to the, the church the church St. John Coltrane. Right, exactly. Fremont Street. Yeah. Not Fremont. Well, that's Vegas. Uh, I don't know what Fillmore. Yeah. Mhm. Mm 
incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a cool place. <laughs> yeah, I, think I popped my head in there, and there were. I can't remember. I don't think it was a Sunday. Maybe, maybe it was like before the service got started, that kind of thing. But yeah, boy, I remember saying, I remember telling you, yeah, shortly after I visited, if there, I said, if there's any, if there's a, any single church that I would be a member of, that would be the church. Right. The Church of yes. Saint John Coltrane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he predicted the kind of places that were taking music. You know. Yeah, it's the. I mean, because that's where him he and, was, and others that's where he went. of that yeah. cut from the same cloth in the same time were exactly fearless. Yeah, or maybe you know I, I tend to say that with most things now. Maybe not like I think most humans, people that say that they're fearless aren't really fearless. They have fear, but they're not afraid to. They don't let that fear prevent them from exploring and taking leaps. Right. And those guys took leaps and explored. Yes. And that, that's what I always admire and respect. And and to me, those are like the, the musicians that I admire and respect the most are the ones that push boundaries that are not afraid to try something different. Right. To try mixing things, to go against the grain, you know, to... to do something to create something new something exactly. fresh right and to me that's that's the embodiment and what's so special about imp- experimental improvisational music call it what you will you know totally so i love it yeah yes and that's why that's... it's a chaotic process mm-hmm. but the beautiful thing that comes from it is a like qualitative order almost yeah once once that process is is refined and honed and something whatever is discovered or created from that process is orderly that's the way keith jarrett plays Mm. yeah i mean he's a master of that too um and someday the world will be able to hear it. Hmm. You know, there. Someday it'll be the top forty. <laughs> it's one of those things that I found. It's, I think it's difficult for a lot of people to connect with in a certain way. I've noticed it. To me, it seems like. Well, that's true. It's not. It's not always the case, but I've noticed at least for people that aren't maybe musically inclined not necessarily whether they're musicians or not uh-huh and it's not all and it's not everywhere this isn't like a globular statement but it seems that maybe it's hard to connect with because a lot of people don't sh- maybe share the same like exploratory mindset potentially or adventure or that or that you know they they need that they can't relate maybe in a certain way or that people people always need not always but but a lot of people seek qualification or or some sort of boundary for something and and, and this is right and this is throwing the anchor away this That's is right. let, letting the yeah. sh- letting the wind take take the ship wherever it's gonna go. Yeah, you know, exactly. You find that a lot too in lyrical versus instrumental kind of you know. Right. Yeah. Patterns. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, but but you know, yeah. To me, that that's really like the ultimate categorization for me is is those that get it versus those that don't necessarily understand not just understand but can't connect with it is that is is i think the you know the apprehension apprehension of the unknown versus the embracing the unknown right yes (laughs) championing (laughs) the unknown yes you know so but hey but man like and, and yeah and i think I mean, in my personal experience, it tends to be a very small 
or not the not the popular it's it's the minority that tends to be the the ones that are afraid and i think we kind of see that in, in most facets of life those that that's true it's it's very rare that or you know like things major change occurs when when boundaries are are pushed and tested mm-hmm. and maybe that's just the way of the universe like these boundaries can't be tested and you know and 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 they're not malleable all the time. If they were, then we wouldn't have any order, right? That's There'd right. There'd just be chaos all the time. That's so true. That could play into yeah. it as well. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a smaller realm. But you also see order to that chaos in, 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 in these boundary push, you know, the these, like, these new evolutions of music of any art creative expression that are contained in or may may be packaged in a little bit more of a you know approachable form right after they've really been like i was saying after they've been honed in things like that or right you tend to find you know you get these cats that play that would score movies or 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 you know guest on or write pop tunes or you know or the guys that do broken beats and have thrown them into, you know, popular hip hop now or things like that, whatever it is, right? Or, you know, or you know, Jackson Pollock becoming a mainstream, you know, <laughs> right? You know, the yes. you know, painter that kind of thing, or like his paintings finding mainstream, whatever. It, mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, it's weird how that all kind of plays out, but I think in general those especially like in the fledgling phases phases it seems that like anything experimental is like reception is the the is minor exactly yeah and it takes time it takes the the order for it to become major i guess truly yeah oh man <laughs> it's all it's it's pretty uh those who have ears to hear let them hear Yes. You know? Yeah, it's a mindset kind of thing. If you're open to experience, <clears throat> and man, I, I like to. In all honesty, I think to me the most <clears throat> profound life experiences that I've had have been those that are creative, especially music, especially music, but also through food, like anything connect yeah. that that I feel a deep that can create a deep connection between between different you know between these conscious between consciousnesses whatever the right. plural of consciousness yeah. multiple conscious conscience <clears throat> uh-huh. um, these different nodes connect you know connecting that's instead right instead of saying separate and i've experienced that through food through at high extremes through music for sure like to yes. me, it's 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 crazy how and and you and you know it as well. Like the way that you just connect you uh, with you know with with others when playing or when you have that special group of what of everyone that understands each other and knows mm-hmm. how to play with each other. And it's it's pretty crazy how I don't know if it's just even crazy. It's pretty special and magical. It's it's magical when you when you when those connections become uniform and become one yeah. and they're not contained. Yeah. I think in, in, in pop music, what I would call, what I call pop music, mm. popular music, Dylan and the Beatles reached that height. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And... Um. Amazing. Timeless. Yeah. yeah. Truly. Uh, that 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 me yeah crossing dimensions. <laughs> yes. Mm. And they got they got out there, you know. Yeah, they weren't afraid to. That's. To me, those there are, those pop artists that are timeless were the ones that pushed boundaries were the ones that created new genres new styles 
they changed what pop was. Pop is all. That's, to me, right. that's the beautiful thing about pop. Pop is different every you know. Yeah. It's every. It's always changing. Yeah. Pop now versus five years ago even is different versus thirty years ago. You know. Yeah. And and it's those that. I feel like those there's it's that weird it's that cycle, mm-hmm. and everything to me everything is cyclical that way, and there are these nodes along that cycle, that embody the, the highlight of. Pop, I guess, pop along a timeline to me those nodes, are the. Those that stand out that have ultimately grasped and. Embodied the, the order of the chaos of that time within creative expression of whatever was going on at that point in time culturally socially you know whatever exactly there's always some sort of like there's you know i guess it's you know this there's that saying right um soundtrack to our lives that kind of thing yeah so for every point in time to me that's there's that like champion of pop music like the Uh beatles you know dylan prince madonna exactly whoever you you've heard the star spangled banner by uh jimmy hendrix oh yeah that he played at uh, woodstock yeah that was pretty to me yeah that's pretty reminiscent like or just he had bombs going off and, yeah. and uh, you know, plane, airplanes Frenetic. flying into... Total, uh, total chaos. Jets, yep. you know, I mean, it was, you you see a, an with entire the fl- war. Yeah, with the flanger and the phaser, you get very, like, yeah. And that was a stun. That Aerial just blew my mind, sounds. you know. Yeah. Wow. I never, wow, that's an interesting take on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally see a lot of connections there that way. Yeah. I don't know why they have to burn Damn. out, you know, and it's a, and it's an escape, man. It's yeah. Well, Peter, suffering of like you know, life is suffering right. according to so. I know, can, but it you can only tolerate so much. Peterson's suffering. at you know Janis Joplin at the age of twenty-seven. <sighs> Jimmy Hendrix, Fierce. age of twenty-seven. Four, yeah, exactly. All the Jim man. Morrison, age of twenty-seven. <sighs> yep. Why all at making it to the age of twenty seven and not going beyond? You know. Yeah, there's something. I never thought I would last this long. Maybe that's me. the barrier. <laughs> Maybe that's the universal barrier for yeah. music. The where where the yin meets the yang, the young yin meets the young. It's unfortunate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just glad that Dylan pressed on, you know. Yeah, man. And McCartney's still going, so you know. <laughs> These people are just hanging in there. Yeah, man. And then, you know, another 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. The, 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 the greats now that are great now, you know, the, they'll be yeah. reflected in, you know, those that, are, that pass through that barrier. They'll still be around. Right. That's the beauty of it all. It just continues. It continues on until it no longer continues. Uh-huh. <laughs> until everything ceases to continue. Yeah. But it all comes down to that the attraction and the repulsion, Mm. the yin and the yang, attraction-repulsion game is the the external material world, there's a lot of repulsion. There's always pushback. Mm -hmm. There's always... No matter what you throw up on YouTube, there's going to be someone who fucking hates what you did. Right. Of course. No matter how, I mean, Jesus Christ, Buddha, they could all come back, rolled (laughs) into one, and put the absolute truth down, and there'd be those... Some troll. Some troll. Give it the thumbs down. This is complete horseshit. Talk smack. (laughs) Right. Like they fucking know anything. They're suffering. yeah. It's an outlet for them to, to it is. You know. Right. They're it's expressing their pain mm-hmm. and their suffering. Mm-hmm. But that's why the turning within mm. in some form of meditation and even Harris even Harris is teaching meditation now. Mm. 
And one thing that that's very far out with that, with him teaching meditation, I think that some of these atheists that are studying Harris's version of meditation, mm -hmm. it's going to backfire on Harris because they're going to go, oh my God, <laughs> I see <laughs> the one. <laughs> and, and it completely blows their... Uh, their materialistic view of the universe yeah to saying well consciousness exists you know it isn't all determined because I'm absolutely clear because that was something that I've worked on for decades mm. and that is you know determinism versus free will and it's absolutely both. Yeah. It's both because you're born as some kind of gender. I'm not going to define what the hell the gender is sure. that you're born as. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there are two major ones. And there's probably always going to be two major ones. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you can have any, any fringe... That you want to fringe out on, yeah. you know. Well, I guess technically, biologically, we all start female, mm -hmm. and then what? And then it's because I yeah from from the the genitalia, you know, like the the female genitalia or however you want to frame it, the female genitalia is the male genitalia not fully developed or vice versa. Right, it could be the male you know genitalia is a exactly you know. Yeah. overdeveloped version of the female gender. But anyways, yes, we mm -hmm. all start out as one, biologically right. one gender. and then Exactly. Wherever there, wherever it goes, whatever you want to do, right. do your thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it'll take a while to um, to get people to be cool with that. Well, it's the yin and the yang again at work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but when the turning within, to turn within and to become conscious of consciousness, mm -hmm. that is the attraction power. And the Hindus say it's the arrow back up to the Satchitananda. And to realize yourself as Satchitananda is the highest form of consciousness. And when you're when you have the highest form of consciousness, you're cool with everybody. Yeah. And you recognize also that there's a that there is a highest good. And it's not whether you're Methodist or Baptist or Catholic if you're if you're Christian, you know, or any given sect. You accept it all. I agree with that. I, I definitely find a lot of truth in that whole process, and that you really need to audit the self and examine within to achieve a higher state of consciousness and to be okay with every with all the externalities. When you're when you audit your internalities, you approve of externalities. Yeah, exactly. And you, yeah, you ascend to a different. Yeah. That 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 in and of itself is an ascension. I believe. Yeah, it's just different shades of gray. Yeah, man. Or the rainbow, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know. Just it's just different frequencies. Yeah. And we're all part of the same diamond. That's right, man. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap it up man <laughs> this Definitely. has been this has been some radical food for thought q i would have it and expect it to be no other way my friend we i want a tour around the universe we did man i want to give you uh give you an opportunity to uh to if you have any shout outs any plugs you got anything going on that you want to you want to talk about or anyone you want to mention or just any words of wisdom whatever man the mic's yours um 
I just I'm I'm clear that the utopia that I see will never come to be but I do see that good people allow other people to be who they are as long as they're not doing something shitty to other people that's that's the universe that's truth. the bottom bottom line mm. yeah yeah I don't think there's if there if, if there's any guideline to follow in life or to, to lead a fulfilling meaningful life that I feel like that's it yeah because all goodness comes out of that and the tolerance of goodness yeah and I just want to help uh, help people realize who the hell they are. Because mm. once you recognize that you're the facet on the diamond, there's no more you need to know. You know. That's right. You're participating in the distributed universe. Mm -hmm. You're part of the network. Yeah. Cast away the anchor. <laughs> Jump into the unknown. That's right. Find yourself within, and all will be answered. Mm -hmm. All will make sense. And the ordered chaos is the answer. <laughs> that it is. Well, Q, this is live with, a blast. Live in paradox. Live in paradox. That's my blessing that I give to people. Live with the paradox. Mm. That's a hell of a blessing. Stay blessed, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Alrighty. Thanks, Q. Mm -hmm. Till next Thank time, y'all. We out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Food for Thought. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the series, visit our website to donate to the show, foodforthought.link. That's F-O-O-D-F-O-R t-h-o-u-g-h-t dot l-i-n-k rate and review food for thought on your podcast provider and share it with your friends and family we'll see you next time bon appetit